When people cannot understand you, if you do not fit into their bubble, if you challenge their beliefs, if you start living differently than what they believe the truth is, you are immediately treated as other and you are immediately judged. They begin to start looking at you as the one that needs to be guided back. They'll speak to their ego and they'll say, I'm a good religious person. I will not judge them for who they are, for all I see in front of me is a lost soul, a person who needs help. Never noticing how toxic, judgmental, and destructive to their own soul they are being by speaking and believing these words, the holier-than-thou complex. They'll pray for your guidance back to their Lord, prayers accompanied by commentary with fellow friends and community members on the same wavelength unable to see people as individuals capable of finding their own truth outside of what they believe in, who do not need their tired prayers rooted in judgment, their own perception, their community's perception, their safety blanket, their egotistical need to point at you, all the while drowning out the ill feelings that live within them that they will forever continue to run from. beautiful people and thank you so much for joining this is how you heals episode this week my name is yada and i will be your host i'm a clinical mental health counselor a life coach a poet an artist and an all-over creative soul here to invite you into a transformative space where healing personal development and growth are all laid into the foundation so today is a very important topic for me and kind of the theme of my life for the past few years. (laughs) I'm going to get a little bit personal in this episode, um, but my intention with me being, you know, a little bit more personal is me bringing vulnerability and softness to the topic, allowing you to see yourself in me and my experiences is very important to me. I feel like the way that I've learned through life Um, through the different mentors that the universe has blessed me with is learning from their examples and seeing them be vulnerable and seeing them have the intention to be vulnerable. I think that there's a big strength in that, so I'm just trying to do that as much as I can. So with that, I grew up in a very tight-knit Arab Muslim community. Um, Majority of the time, What I have experienced, unfortunately, has been a lot of judgment, a lot of bitterness, a lot of gossiping, a lot of bullying, a lot of uh, religious and spiritual abuse, a lot of holier-than-thou complex, a lot of narcissism. And when I bring these things up, when when I do this, I'm not speaking ill to my community to hate or bring us down. The reason I talk about this is because I love where I come from and I love who I am and I wouldn't change it for the world. And I believe because of the love that I have and because of how deep the love that I have, I'm able to see the parts of us that are sick and try to bring light to it. Living in denial is a disease. Our ego is a disease. Our prophet, peace be upon him, said it himself. So bringing light to everything that we possibly can, that we can work on, is my responsibility. So that's why I'm going to talk to my experience of the judgment that I have experienced and that you may be experiencing in your own collectivistic culture. 
So how do you stop caring what people think of you? Lord, if I can go back to, honestly, the earliest time I can remember caring what people thought about me is probably the earliest memory I have of like being conscious, unfortunately. If you're a woman, if you're a woman of color, if you are a woman of color who comes from a immigrant background or a collectivistic culture community, you understand understand this 10 times. Like, it's on another level. Our need to be hyper aware of ourselves and how people view us and kind of making sure that not only are we, are we like in the Western male gaze, you know, this society's male gaze where you try to be very feminine and very sexy and very appealing to men. So you start to internalize this and our mothers and our mother's mothers and our um, aunties and just the women in our lives might portray this need for us to look at ourselves in the way that men would find us desirable and obviously this comes in different ways when you come from different communities so you know in my community um growing up arab north african muslim um there's this perception that arab women or north african women Honestly, it's not even cultural, um, that Muslim women have this expectation to get married, at least in, in my community, this expectation that once you hit a certain age, that's it for you, <laughs> that uh, the definition of being happy is getting married. And don't get me wrong, um, there's tons of happiness in that if that's something that you do choose. But when this is something that is drilled into young girls' heads from such a young age, it causes such destruction in their self-esteem and who they are and how they view themselves. And they lose their creativity. They lose their intuition. They lose their sense of self. They lose these pieces to themselves because all they are doing at that point is performing. You know, I sat back one day and recognized that my entire life felt like a performance and I was so sick of being on stage it was, it's crazy too because um, before this I used to do poetry and you know it got really big to the point where I was performing for thousands of people I was traveling across the US I was get, booking shows here and there and it was it was such an exciting time in my life but it's so crazy how the universe will mirror what you need to pay attention to in your present life to make you look within and I think that was my time where I recognized how much I was performing even off stage it felt like I was on stage all the time what I wore was for other people what I thought was for other people how I did my makeup was for other people even if I thought it was for me if you dig down deep enough it was for male gaze, it was for um, 
uh, quote-unquote professionalism to get a certain job. It was for to make my family happy. It was for to make um, my community, you know, look at me in a respectful way and not judge me. Um, I didn't speak certain words. I didn't dress certain ways. You know, one of the biggest things in my community, people, you have to hide shit. You can't be upfront with who you are. You better swallow that shit. Never show anyone who your true colors are to the point where you don't even know who you are anymore. And all of us are going through an identity crisis or have gone through an identity crisis. Being a first generation American is, it's no joke. There's a lot that comes with it. And that's why I speak on topics like this. That's why I want to tell you, like, if you are listening to the words that I'm saying and it's sparking something in you and and you're feeling like, damn, this is something, I feel this, like I've gone through this. Even if it's not word for word, you're applying it to your own way of growing up from your own unique background. That means something, you know, even if this touches one person, that means something. You know, vulnerability doesn't have to, you know, spark a huge, massive change. But if it changes, you know, perception of one person of themselves, and then that person is able to start walking in their truth and in their light, it's very magnetic. You know, um, being in your own light is very, very magnetic. So let's talk about how you can get there. How can you get to a space where you are completely unbothered by what anybody says about you. Growing up, not only in the way that I did, I went to an all-girls school. So that's all I'm about to say with that. But you can just put two and two together and understand that there was a lot of... Just think about a bunch of um, traumatized young girls trying to navigate life and how that can cause a lot of interpersonal uh, relationship challenges and bullying and uh, a lot of anti-blackness, a lot of racism. Um, It's all embedded within the community's culture that's been carried by a lot of traumatized adults and passed down to their children. And their children are going to act out because of how they've been feeling or how they've been put down. So it causes this chain reaction. So the same way that I said that there's a chain reaction to growing within yourself and living within your light, we're basically trying as a whole, as a community, to break the negative pattern and create a new one. So not caring what people think. I brought up the reason that I went to... uh, an all-girl private school because I have had people talk about me from as early as I can remember. I've had mean girls from like third grade, you know, till this day I know people will still talk about certain bullies from school. Be like, remember when they did this? Remember when they did that? Like, that shit has impact on people. It has a crazy impact on people. And it had an impact on me until it didn't. And I'm going to tell you why. I stopped deciding that my life wasn't mine. I stopped deciding that what I was going to do um, was in the hands of anybody else other than me. I decided that nobody was going to guilt or shame me anymore into fitting into their idea of me, of what made them comfortable. 
of what they thought I had to be. Because perception is a crazy thing. You end up getting to a space where you don't care anymore when you actually get to a space where it all falls apart. When you have been buried with people dragging your name into the ground, where you have been threatened by people that they will, you know, um, tell your secrets. And your secrets are like, I don't know, um, you talk to a boy or, um, you know, like when you're in junior high or high school or things that like the Muslim community deems as, you know, bad and haram and uh, not permissible. And just like when it comes to girls, it, you know, the degrading and the disrespect and the shame is so crazy the way that we abuse women in our in our community. Um I remember hearing from someone who I, I won't expose, but um, had a really great like negative impact on me. Um, it was very young. It was very, very young. Um, like under 12 for sure. I just can't remember the age. But I was told my reputation is like a glass. If I break it, and try to put it back together, it'll never look the same again. Imagine hearing that as a kid and then being told to look a certain way. So I wasn't, you know, pretty with my curly hair. I had to straighten it. I wasn't pretty when I started getting darker. uh, So I had to play in the shade and uh, make sure I was lathered in sunscreen. I wasn't pretty when... I wasn't skinny enough like everyone else. So, you know, I started dieting in fifth grade. Like, there was girls dieting at that young age. We start looking at ourselves as not enough. We start looking at ourselves as, you know, our core values are are distorted at this point. Our lives are not ours anymore. And then that's when the anxiety kicks in. And the anxiety eats you up for years that anxiety may turn into ADHD where your brain races so fast now you have behavioral uh, challenges and you have you know I won't get into ADHD I'll save that for another episode because that needs its own episode but that's when you start falling into depression and you can't keep anything straight because your whole brain is going a billion miles a second and you have 700 thoughts and they're all happening at the same time and you're trying to stay conscious of yourself but then you're also walking outside and you need to be hyper aware and make sure that you're safe and now you're looking at the people's faces and how they're looking at you and what they're thinking and you know if anyone's giving you a face or is you know my hijab on right or is this too short or is this 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 and now you're an anxious mess that's been doing this on repeat for years and years and years and years and you get to a point where you're like you know what I can't do this shit anymore you have a mental breakdown you know just a psychotic break some people have psychotic breaks where your entire life crumbles and that person completely dies and when I tell you when you rebuild yourself And you rebuild yourself based off of not giving a fuck 
what people think about you, you drop a billion pounds off your chest. And you know how you do it? You know how you do that shit? Step one is you think of the person, you think of the person that you are afraid is judging you and you put yourself into their world. You ask yourself, who are they? What do they do for a living? You know, uh, what are their values? What do they believe in? Who's the people that they keep around them? Uh, I'm a Capricorn. How much money they make, like, <laughs> for real? And, and you start asking yourself, do I respect them? Do I want to be like them? Do I? Mo- most of the time it's no. Because somebody's shitting on you, somebody's talking shit about you, somebody's judging you. Most likely they don't have characteristics or values of someone that you want anyway. So why are you mad? Why are you mad for real? Why are you mad? It has nothing to do with them at that point, right? And everything to do with you. So that's number two, projection. A lot of the times... People amplify what we believe about ourselves because that's what we've been told our entire lives. So for your entire life, you've been told that you are not worthy, you are not a good enough Muslim, you are not a good enough woman, you are not a modest enough girl, you're not a good girl, you're not respectful. So if folks are going to challenge that and you care so deeply about that, your inner child cares so much about that, you're, you're going to get mad. You're really, really, really going to get mad. You know, I saw this TikTok, and I hate to bring TikTok into this, but it really <laughs> it really did um, spark something in me, and I forgot who said it, but she was saying, if somebody said something bad about you in a different language, and they were just cussing your ass out in a different language, and you had no idea like what language that was you had no idea what they were saying you wouldn't care you'd probably laugh and be like huh, that was that's crazy and just like walk away because the words have no value if the person who is saying it about you has no value to your life period and then their words aren't going to have value at that point right another way to do this and this is honestly the hardest part but the best part the part that really you will just spend the rest of your life working on it's silencing your mind silencing the voices in your mind that may agree with the people that are judging you silencing the voices in your mind that have been ingrained since you were a kid Silencing the voices that tell you you aren't enough, that you aren't respectful enough, and you aren't modest enough, and you aren't uh, smart enough, or pretty enough, or skinny enough, or curvy enough, or your hair's not straight enough, or curly enough, or your skin's not dark enough, or, or light enough, or your lips aren't big enough, or whatever. There's always something. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. When you get to a point where you work on yourself and your intuition, that comes from silencing the mind. When you are able to silence your mind and let go of all of those thoughts, you begin to work on your intuition. What is your intuition? Your intuition is your inner knowing. It's just this... um, 
this feeling that you get like this very human experience that I can't describe more than I already have but if you know you know and you know when people say well how do I know if it's my intuition and it's not my anxiety that's a good question um, if your intuition isn't strengthened to the point where you can tell that difference yet, I think to, you know, my suggestion to practice, and I, I say this a lot to my clients, um, if it is followed with a but, then it is not your intuition. So if you're saying, um, this, I, this relationship doesn't feel good to me, but I don't want to be alone, but I really like him and it feels good when I'm with him but low-key you know (laughs) low-key even the you know even the clients that ask me that question I always stay quiet for a second and kind of just look at them and wait for them to kind of you know eat up that silence and and analyze what they just asked me one more time and you know sometimes I might be depending on you know how they're looking back at me or what their body language is reading Um, my next response might be what do you think and most of the time they give me the answer because guess what their intuition gave it to them and it's just practicing it's tapping in learning how to tap in and you'll be surprised at my next suggestion my next suggestion is taking care of your body physically you know when you're hyper aware and when you're in a space where you're thinking of other people and you're worried about other people you have no connection to your actual physical body that mind-body connection is so real so tapping into ways that help you connect with your physical body for me i started off with um boxing like kickboxing because i was also angry and i needed to hit some shit. so i was doing that for a minute uh, just recently got back into it. Um, I recently have been doing yoga. That has been great to, you know, clear my mind and be in the present moment. The gym wasn't working out for me. You just got to find what works for you. You don't got to be up in the gym, you know, how you see, you know, folks on, on TikTok. There's other ways to tap in that feel better to you. So tap into your intuition and ask your intuition what it is that makes you feel good. Don't follow trends that's not intuitive that's you in your mind again talk to yourself talk to your body ask your body what it needs say you know ask it out loud do mirror work sometimes I stand in front of my mirror I have post-it notes all over my mirror just affirmations that I need to hear for the day sometimes you know I have other affirmations that pop up in my head that I need to hear and I'll put that on my on my mirror and I'll speak that to myself drawing a connection to myself, to my body, to my spirit, coming back home. My body is my home. I'm a soul that is just, I'm renting out this space right here on earth, right? I'm not human. <laughs> we're not human. We're just, we, we temporarily we're human. Having an, a human experience. So experience yourself, experience what it is that you want to do. Why are you here? To worry about what your people in your community say about you? To worry about what the girls you went to high school are saying about you? To worry about what your coworkers are saying? Like, come on now. It just sounds stupid when you think about it. Especially when 
honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already have this thing inside of you that you'll know exactly what I mean when I say it. You have a greater purpose. You just know. And that that's another thing. From your deep sense of intuition, you just know you are meant for something grander, larger, and more extravagant than anything any of them have ever touched. And who knows? Maybe they have big stories for themselves. Whoever them or they are. <laughs> I'm talking like DJ Khaled now. Like, you know, they don't want you to win. Like, whoever the they is in your life. Like, honestly, maybe we should start taking advice from DJ Khaled. Honestly, I'm, I'm not. I'm not too mad at some of the things he says. Um, but jokes aside, I think that I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna leave you with those few pieces. Learn to tap in. Learn to connect with yourself, whatever they, that might look like. Learn to silence your mind. Learn to be still. Learn to tap into your intuition in a greater sense that you've ever done before. So you start living for yourself and not for anybody else. Do the exercises that I gave you to um, when you do fall into a space of being hyper aware or worrying what somebody may think of you to pull yourself out of it. Ask yourself, does this person even, do I even want this person's life? Do I even want this person's, why do I want this person's validation? Is their validation rooted in something deeper within me? Or is it something that I actually placed on them for whatever reason? We're so quick to just be distracted by a billion things that we can't even ask ourselves these questions that sometimes we have the answer on the tip of our tongues. Thank you so much, um, and I hope to have you join us for next week's episode. Have a good night.